0: Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning June the 21st edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host Kurt Chamberlain along with your co-host Pastor Dick Chamberlain and our regular Tuesday morning guest Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, J.B.'s been very very busy lately and has has really gone the extra mile to make himself available to do these with us on Tuesday morning so we appreciate that J.B. Thank you so much and uh let's uh, you know we have an important subject and uh, we, we like to think everything we present is somewhat important uh, and uh, obviously you think as the listeners you think they are too um, and we appreciate that but we've got an important subject uh, that we we believe needs to be discussed uh, and and I'd like to introduce it this way uh, have you ever been oh I don't know I, at the bank or a convenience store or you know out shopping of a weekend and uh, you turn you, you get into your purse or your wallet and you hand over a, a fistful of cash to somebody for a purchase and they start looking at the big bills the 50s the hundreds and, and they, they hold them up to the light and they scratch them with a with a marker and they you know they, they do all kinds of things to your money uh, and you sometimes you wonder what the heck's going on here well they're checking for to make sure that that bill is real or not and uh, i'm sure we've all encountered that yeah. uh, i've had uh, bills confiscated and turned over to the social uh the uh secret service believe it or not and uh, so this is what happens when you encounter counterfeit things counterfeit money Uh, there's all you know all kinds of counterfeits in this world we have to deal with and discern and uh, it's the same in the spiritual realm Uh, there are lots of counterfeit doctrines etc that are out there and we need to be aware of how to discern when they are and uh, jb has been kind enough to uh, lend us some expertise on this matter. So, JB, uh, mm-hmm. tell us more about uh, the spiritual realm of counterfeits. Uh, who's responsible for that?
1: Well, good morning, Curtis. Uh, always great to be with you guys. And yeah, you guys are especially, I'm sure, familiar with counterfeits because uh, I think up there in your neck of the woods, you have a counterfeit baseball team. They call it the Cubs. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, counterfeits. <laughs> <laughs> Counter, counterfeits are a big deal in Scripture because the biblical narrative, as I've been talking about for many years, and as we especially get into in this uh, new book, The Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, really run from Genesis to Revelation. Satan, yes. from his very fall from heaven, uh, has been attempting to counterfeit God. In yes. fact, uh, Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2.4 that Satan that the Antichrist, who will be working according to the power of Satan, basically in the end times, the Antichrist is going to be indwelt by Satan himself, the prince of demons, and perpetrate the greatest fraud in human history leading up to the return of Christ. But Paul tells us that he exalts himself above all that is God, so that he sits as God in the temple, showing himself that he is God. And uh, that's been Satan's goal all along, is to take the throne, to counterfeit God. He was filled with pride. He saw God's throne and God's glory, and he said, I want that for myself. Isaiah the prophet, I think speaking uh, figuratively of Satan, says this in Isaiah fourteen twelve: "How how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning star, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And of course, we've many people are familiar with that passage, all of those great I will statements of Satan as he filled with pride, seeks to usurp God's authority. Uh, But Satan is uh, the master counterfeiter. That's what he does. And, uh, you know, he is setting out to deceive people. Jesus uh, tells us that Satan is a liar in John chapter 8. And in fact, whenever Satan speaks, all he can speak is lies. Everything he says, everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And, you know, it all began in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 when he approached uh, Eve and he said, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Uh, We talk about this in Spirit of the Antichrist as a part of the anatomy of deception, we call it. It's basically Satan's M.O. You want to know how deception works? You want to know how Satan is deceiving the world in so many different ways? And we're going to talk about some of those this morning Well, just go back to Genesis 3 and see uh, exactly what uh, Satan did as he approached Eve. He he starts to uh, doubt God, causes Eve to doubt God, questions God, questions the truth. Then he said uh, to the woman, uh, you will not surely die, because, you know, Eve said, well, God says, you know, if we eat of this fruit, we're going to die. Uh, it's not exactly what she said. She actually twisted God's words herself, kind of following. Yeah, she the added to what God has said. Yeah, she did. She added to what God has said, and she, you know, she was following Satan's lead there, but but Satan blatantly lied and said, You will not surely die. So he was creating from the beginning a counterfeit truth. And you know, all the way through God's word, we see this juxtaposition of God's truth, capital T ultimately embodied in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, as opposed to Satan's truth, little t. And so uh, really, when you boil it all down, the task of every human being is to be able to distinguish and discern between real truth, ultimately in the gospel, versus false truth, little t. And it's not an overstatement to say that every human being who refuses to receive the free gift of eternal life, freely paid for by the blood of Christ and freely offered by Jesus himself when he said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, uh, whoever refuses that gift, which can only be received by faith, you trust in Jesus Christ and him alone to save you, uh, and therefore ends up in hell, it can easily be said and rightly be said that that person has believed a lie. They believed the lie that they could get themselves into heaven, or that they could overcome their own sin penalty, or that they were good enough already, or that they weren't bad, they weren't too bad, or uh, that some other religion was really the pathway to heaven. So every unbeliever who dies in his sins, as Jesus talks about in John uh, eight twenty four, uh, is basically believing a lie, uh, and so. Uh, the Bible in the New Testament distinguishes, as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, uh, a number of counterfeits, and these are all Satan's tools that he's using uh, to deceive the world. Uh, remember, you know, he, he, is, he has set out to uh, create the greatest deception Known to mankind. And that will occur after the rapture, during the final seven-year tribulation that uh, the Bible talks about at length in Daniel and in, in the gospels, with Jesus all of that discourse, and in the book of Revelation and many other places. Uh, many of the Old Testament prophets refer to this time as the great day of the Lord's wrath, the outpouring of God's wrath. And during that seven-year period, the entire world uh, will will fall prey to this one world political, religious, and economic system being run by the counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, the counterfeit Christ, the anti-Christ, as John calls him. In fact, uh, in, in Revelation chapter 6, when the tribulation begins with the uh, seal judgments, the first seal judgment that signals the beginning of the seven-year period is a rider on a white horse. Yeah. Revelation 6-2 says, I looked, and behold, a white horse— he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And that that rider on the white horse is an imposter. Right. It's, it's the Antichrist, not the real Christ. And then as God unveils his... Uh, end times plan there over those final seven years leading up to the battle of Armageddon and the return of Christ and the coming kingdom. Uh, we see Christ coming back at the end of Revelation in Revelation chapter 19, and once again, we see a white horse and a rider on that white horse, but this time it's not the counterfeit. It's the real deal. It's Jesus Christ himself. Revelation 19:11 says, now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war mm-hmm. so there's a contrast there between the impostor the counterfeit who's conquering trying to conquer the world versus the real deal the true Christ who is faithful and true and doing uh, judging and making war in righteousness true righteousness so along the way but you know as we lead up to that final pivotal moment in human history when Christ comes back to make all things new and to establish the long-awaited kingdom in perfect peace and righteousness and judgment, Uh, we see a lot of counterfeits along the way. And so I just thought it would be interesting to do a quick survey, and we won't have time to to get into all of them, but I've been making a list of the various things that are pointed out in Scripture uh, that are counterfeits, Satan's counterfeits. So the first of these that I think should should really be at the top of the list is false gospels, false gospels. Yeah. And, you know, since the early days of the church, Satan has been trying to deceive people into believing a false gospel. Now, what is the real gospel? Well, the Bible makes it quite clear. It's very simple, so simple a child can understand it, that the pure, accurate gospel— is simply that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose again for our sins, and that whoever believes in Him and Him alone can have eternal life, period. That's, that's it. Very simple. Um, and I, I, in my book, Getting the Gospel Wrong, which we're talking about currently on Wednesday nights at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, as I'm uh, critiquing uh, Calvinism and the teaching of Calvinism, uh, that book, Getting the Gospel Wrong, deals extensively with the biblical teaching on the gospel. Uh, But it boils down to, to that simple statement, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. But early on, Satan began to infiltrate the church, and through false teachers began to promote a twisted false gospel. And the very first letter that the Apostle Paul ever wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit that we have contained in our Bible is the book of Galatians. He wrote it right after his first missionary journey in roughly 49 A.D., and he addresses right out of the chute in chapter 1 this false gospel. He wanted to, uh, uh, as Barney Fife would say, nip it in the bud. He wanted to say, look, you know, I just taught you guys the clear gospel. Don't listen to anyone, or as we shall see in a second, anything that might purport to be teaching a different gospel. So listen to what Paul says about false gospels in Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. He said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. It's not really another gospel. It's just entirely different, he's saying. There are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now listen, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So, in other words, there's nothing that is more preeminent, more important than the clarity and accuracy of the gospel and the urgency of the gospel. And so, it's no accident that Paul's first letter of the 13 epistles that he wrote in the New Testament that we know of, he may have written Hebrews as well, but we can't say for sure, but of the 13 that are known to be by Paul, uh, the first thing he addresses is false gospels. And the reason that's so critical is because, you know, 2 Corinthians 4 reminds us that one of the things that Satan is seeking uh, to do is to blind men's hearts to the gospel. He wants to, you know, keep people deceived into thinking they don't need a Savior. He wants to deceive people into thinking they don't, their sin isn't a problem, that they're okay. You know, yeah. remember when the secular humanistic pop psychology really took hold, and I talk about this in my book, Top Ten Reasons, uh, you know, they, they, they promoted this, I'm okay, you're okay philosophy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and,
1: and, and that's just satanic. I mean, let's is. just call it what it is. Satan's trying to teach people they're okay. They don't need a savior right. uh, when in fact they do. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says he's blinding men's hearts to the light of the gospel. Yes. And so they won't believe. He wants right. to keep people from hearing the gospel. So, you know, we talked about last night in our midweek Bible study at Plum Creek Chapel, as we're going through what is Calvinism and is it biblical, We talked about the clear teaching of Scripture that you have to hear and understand the gospel before you can believe it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's only when we hear the gospel that we can believe the gospel. And so if Satan can keep people from hearing the gospel or even worse, help them uh, or uh, have them hear a counterfeit gospel, a false gospel, and deceive them into thinking it's the real gospel, well, then uh, he is accomplishing uh, his goal of keeping the lost lost. So, and, and, uh,
0: and JB, you know, if you don't mind me interjecting uh, something here, we have to consider. I think what's the easiest way for him to do that, and uh, uh, he employs that. Uh, he he depends upon our pride uh, to do that uh, when we we want to hear things our way. You know, like you said, there are some advocates that out there that say we're divine and we're not and but that sounds good to us you know and a lot of people get deceived that way
1: yep no doubt and you know and and one of the biggest ways and and i'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself here but one of the biggest ways in which satan is counterfeiting today is through the trans movement transgender transhumanism you name it um you know but basically um it Trans, essentially, is short for transition. They're wanting to transition from reality to non-reality. Right. So transhumanism is transitioning from man to machine, and p- implying that we can create life, that we can accomplish uh, what transhumanists call the singularity of, of wanting to make man one with everything, so that, that there's no distinctness to humanity, that it destroys the imago day the image of God and man, and makes God's highest pinnacle of creation, mankind, into nothing more than an oak tree or some other created being, and it's called the singularity. So transhumanism is teaching us that we should transition away from humanity into something man-made, and transgender is a, is a huge part of it. A lot of people miss this, I think, that the whole issue behind transgender, um, you know, aside from the fact that it's it's abhorrent. It's it's got undertones of pedophilia and uh, you know all kinds of uh, satanic ritual abuse and and it's just a it's just a uh, really a demonic departure from normalcy and from biblical truth. Uh, but beyond that, it, it really underlying all of it is it's aiding and abetting the transhumanist agenda because if they can get us to think that you can be by simple fiat declaration, male, female, or something else, non-binary, whatever, you know, all these Amorifice,
0: different, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. More, all of these different uh, mm-hmm. dec- declarations, then essentially what they're saying is you are no longer human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they, uh, it, it's just sickening what we see, uh, what we see happening out there. I, I read one article, uh, I think it was fairly recent, um, where a couple was claiming that their, uh, uh, baby before it could even speak was telling them, uh, that it was a boy when it was really a girl. And that we just knew that we could just tell that's what he was telling us, you know, by the way he was, you know, doing the, or by the way she was doing this or that, we could just tell, she was trying to tell us, I'm really, I want to be a boy, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Well yeah. I mean, think about that. If you're able, if if we go down the road of saying that children before they can even talk can somehow communicate to us that they want to be a different gender, then that plays right into the hand of the satanic uh, child sacrifice and child ritual abuse and pedophilia, because now they can say this child gave consent. I know he didn't speak or she didn't speak, but they consented and wanted us to do this to them. And uh, so it's just... It, you know, this transhumanist is is probably one of the biggest deceptions as part of Satan's plan to undermine and destroy the uh, uniqueness of mankind and the fact that we are made in the image of God. Um, mm. But it's all counterfeit. Yep. So whenever you see the word trans in front of anything, just think counterfeit, fake. Yep. You know, it's a way for them to telegraph, whether they realize it or not, that they're trying to pass off. That counterfeit $20 bill. Yeah. And um, it's sad that so many people are deceived by that. But again, it's a sign of the times today. Um, so uh, false gospels, uh, you know, certainly ought to be at the top of the list because um, Paul warns about it early on. And it's so, so, certainly something Satan does to keep uh, the lost lost. But there are other uh, counterfeits that we see in scripture, for example, uh, false teachers. Again and again, we see uh, Scripture warning against false teachers. For example, 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter. 11 says, such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So there's that trans, that transition, that transforming yeah. again. And listen to what he says, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Yeah, That's Satan's M.O. is to be the great counterfeit. He's, yeah. He wants to pass himself off as something that he's not. And Paul goes on to say in Second Corinthians 11, therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness yeah, and will be according to their works. So yep. we need to be on the lookout yep. for these false teachers. Second um, Peter chapter 2, Peter warns uh, against false prophets. He says, there were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Mm -hmm. So it's for that reason that John, in the context of talking about the spirit of the Antichrist that's already at work among us and how there are many Antichrists all around us, even though there's one future capital A Antichrist coming, He says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, 1 John 4, verse 1. So false teachers are a formidable foe, because in this age of information, where we now have access to so much information on the internet, uh, you know, it's easy for people to get a platform, and to begin to promote lies. Uh, Most of them are self-deceived. In other words, they think what they're teaching is true, but nevertheless, they are agents of deception. They are counterfeits. Um, The Bible has the harshest things to say about those who willfully, intentionally, and knowingly are trying to deceive people, Um, but at this point in, in, in society's evolution, you know, which is a degenerative one, by the way, you know, things are not getting better and better, they're getting worse and worse. Paul tells us that in 2 Timothy 3:13. But at this point, it really almost doesn't matter whether these false teachers are intentionally deceiving, whether they realize they're deceiving, or not, because the end result is the same. You're leading people astray by yeah. this counterfeit. And um, so we see it all over the place, and we've talked about it before on this program about, uh, you know, teachers that are out there teaching false gospels, teaching false doctrine. In fact, that leads me to another counterfeit, which is, in fact, false doctrine. Uh, Hebrews 13, verse 9 says, do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines. Uh, so, you know, there's, there are, there's teaching out there that is patently false, and this, yeah. this is true both in the church, sadly, uh, yeah. and, and, and outside the church. So, you know, we've talked a lot. And, and in my book, Spirit of the Antichrist, I expose the lies of the mainstream media, the lies of pseudoscience, the lies of big pharma, the lies of the government. Uh, so we know that we're all surrounded by counterfeits and, 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 you know, false teaching. But in the church, it's harder to recognize um, yes, the church, someone, I think it was Warren Wearsby, but uh, that might not be a correct attribution, but whoever it was said, the church today is like one big giant baby nursery, and babies, as you know, will put anything in their mouth. You know, you get put a toddler on the ground, let him crawl around, he's, everything he finds, first thing he's going to do is go right to his mouth. Well, the church today is so uh, lacks so much discernment that, it, you know, believers will latch on to anything they're taught. Yeah. and they don't have the ability to really run it through the grid of Scripture and say, wait a minute, is this truly uh, accurate? Uh, we're trying to do that on Wednesday nights right now uh, as it relates to the theological system known as Calvinism. We're trying to say, here's what the Calvinists say in their own words and give quote after quote, and then we take the, the look at the Scripture and say, here's what the Scripture says. Now, is that really accurate? And uh, I've gotten to great feedback. We're four sessions into it. We finished session four last night. Uh, encourage people to check that out at notbyworks.org. It's totally free. Um, you can watch the video with all of my slides, or you can listen to the podcast. But, um, you know, we, we were getting good feedback because people are, are saying, you know, I've been involved in a, in, in a Calvinist church, and I didn't realize it, or, you know, um, I just, uh, you know, just appreciate what you're uh, teaching, and I didn't, you know, in fact, here's one I just got this morning at 732. They said, I uh, well, obviously won't mention the name, but they said, uh, uh, I didn't realize that I had been influenced by Calvinism. It made me realize that when one accepts what Christ did on the cross, paying the debt for our sin, we truly are a child of God and nothing else is required. That's Amen. That's and, right. You know, this is waking people's eyes, you know, waking people up to the reality that you don't have To turn from all of your sin, promise to be good, pledge allegiance to Christ, make him Lord, put him on the throne, surrender to him, make a commitment to him, forsake all of your unrighteousness. None of that. Salvation is not a bilateral contract where you bring something to the table and and if we bring enough, Christ says, okay, I'll let you in. Yeah, we never had to
0: add up. Uh, one thing to get Christ to die for our sins.
1: No, nothing, nothing, nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I clean. So a false doctrine is another great counterfeit, and by great I mean formidable, you know, a popular counterfeit out there, and, and most people aren't aware of it. I mean, that's the thing about counterfeit bills, like you mentioned at the beginning. By the way, I don't I don't. I don't remember the last time Curtis. I dug through my wallet and pulled out a fifty or a hundred. I'm not even sure I'd recognize one if I saw it. But uh, I'm more the the, the one dollar and five dollar bill kind of a guy. Um, but uh, but they say that the twenty dollar bill is the most counterfeited bill, and uh, uh, so you know I'm not sure any of us would really even recognize it if we if we passed off a counterfeit bill. Right, I mean, and that's what I mean about unwitting victims of deception and and witting, witting purveyors of deception. I mean if you're you know have a printing press in your basement and you're rolling off the, the counterfeit 20s and then you're passing them off at Walmart, okay, you know what you're doing. But right. you know if that counterfeit gets out there in circulation and I happen to pick one up, I wouldn't know it if I did. Yeah. And uh, that's why in certain regions, store clerks, as you said, have different mechanisms to try to uh, identify a counterfeit. Um, and by the way, that the one illustration you gave and your uh, personal experience, uh, did they uh, did you get in trouble for that, or did they believe I got you? questioned? You got questioned, huh?
0: Yeah, they asked me where I got it. I said, I don't really remember where I got it. You know, I, I think I got it from an ATM. Yeah, and, you know, I and really, I, they they just wanted to know what the origin was, and they were trying to track that down. I think.
1: Yeah, so you didn't do hard time or anything?
0: No, Good. no, no. L- luckily I escaped that.
1: You, you, oh, you escaped, huh? Okay, interesting. Sure. Uh, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Um, that again, not to, you know, make too much out of this anecdotal experience that you had, but yeah, you, know, yeah. you said they questioned you. Sure. Well, that's right. That's what we should all do when we are when we have reason to to believe that we might be victimized by a counterfeit, we need to ask the questions. We need to look a little closer, search Mm -hmm. a little deeper, find out, is this really the truth, or is this a counterfeit, right? Right. So um, so we've talked about false gospels, false teachers, false doctrine. Uh, What about false wisdom? Uh, Satan is trying to counterfeit knowledge and wisdom, uh, and uh, Paul in Colossians chapter 2 warns us about this. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you, Mm -hmm. which means take you captive, through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, Uh according to the basic principles of the world, Uh and not according to Christ. So false wisdom is worldly wisdom. It's wisdom that does not emanate from Christ, the Word of God, it's, it's wisdom that is steeped in Satan's worldly system. Remember, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's the god of this age, and he's out there uh, permeating the world with lies. And you know, so, comes
0: to, you know what comes to mind immediately when you say that? What's that? The secret.
1: The secret.
0: Yeah, have you ever read the
1: book? No, who wrote it?
0: Oh, I can't remember the author's name, but uh, it, it's, it's one of the new age...
1: Kind oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Books that that uh, just a blatant lie, but yeah. But a lot of people take it, you know, as true because they're they're not aware that it's a counterfeit.
1: Absolutely, and so there, the entire worldly system has layers. There's the. The, the worldly system today, which is secular humanism, again, this, this promotion of LGBTQ and so forth, uh, this turning the biblical truth on its head, it's, you know, old earth, Darwinism, uh, eugenics, um, evolutionary theory, uh, all of this world system that is completely false. And that's what I think the Bible means when, when it speaks of this false wisdom, this, this yeah. basic principles of the world. But then there are other layers that are much deeper, much more sinister. Um, and in Volume Two of *Spirit of the Antichrist*, which we're working on, and I get emails literally, Curtis, every day. People will email or call our one-eight hundred number with comments about uh, *Spirit of the Antichrist* and saying, "Hey, you mentioned Volume Two coming out at the end. When's it coming out? Can I pre-order it?" I mean, this book. Uh, for reasons known only to the Lord, has really struck a chord, and it's very timely, and people are just waking up all over the place, and it thrills my heart. It's it's humbling and a little bit scary, frankly, uh, to, to hear that, uh, but the answer to the question, when is volume two coming out, is Lord willing, October, November. That's our target date, Amen. and in volume two, we're going to have a chapter on secret societies, and I'm going to expose a lot of the, the secret uh, you know societies that are out there undergirding the Luciferian agenda and the Luciferian elite, and the very fact that they do this under cover of darkness—in mm-hmm. other words, not openly and in the light—shows uh, that it is a counterfeit, right? right. Uh, you know, people. You know, if you're a counterfeiter, you're not going to hand the clerk that twenty-dollar bill and then say, hey, you may want to put that under a UV light and use one of those markers to make sure it's real. Yep. You're hoping they don't do that. You're, right. you're you're crossing your fingers thinking, man, I hope I don't get caught. You know, I don't want them to <laughs> expose the, this to the light because, you know, the light exposes darkness. And so right. false wisdom is is very often secret wisdom. Mm-hmm. And they have secret code words. They have secret mm-hmm. languages. They have Whoa, secret
0: you're going to talk about the Freemasons and the Illuminati and oh yeah, oh, maybe even the Bilderbergs, and Skull oh, and Bones,
1: like yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, uh, and we, by the way, we have a video series. Of what in the world is going on? Eight parts, uh, stream- available by streaming. One of the eight videos is on secret societies. Uh, so yes. you know, we've been researching this for a while, uh, and I think it's you know, again, it's just part of the great counterfeit. Yeah. Um, Satan, ever since he got kicked out of heaven, has been sort of involved in this cosmic battle with God, seeking to replicate everything that the creator of the universe created, you know, out of nothing. Ex nihilo is the the theological term for that. God created the world out of nothing. In other words, God created time, space, and matter and this entire universe that we know and Satan was part of the created realm. He was a created being, an angel. He fell from heaven, took one-third of the angels with him, and has ever since then been trying to recreate or replicate um, this created world and call it his own. And so, you know, he's been for 6,000 years, you know, has a counterpart to everything that God does. You know, he has a counterfeit Christ, the (laughs) anti-Christ, false Christs. In fact, that's one of the, you know, many uh, counterfeits that we will see in the end times. Uh, Jesus warned about this in his Olivet Discourse. He says in Matthew 24, 4, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. He goes on to say, false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. So a false Christ, and, and we talked about this at the outset of the program, are one of the major counterfeits. And in the end, the Antichrist is going to ride in on a white horse, declare himself to be God uh, at the midpoint of the tribulation. He's going to sit on the throne in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and demand that everyone worship him as God, that he is God. Um, but he's a counterfeit. So false Christ are another, uh, you know, major uh, counterfeit that we, you know, that we see mentioned in, in Scripture. So, you know, another one that I think is very relevant, and we're going to get into this in volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist. By the way, let me throw in here, uh, the book, the first book came out March 21st, so it's been almost three months, not quite three months, and if you haven't, Uh, picked it up yet, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and there we have uh, provided the preface to the book, the full preface, so you can kind of read it and get a taste for what it's about, and we've also included the entire table of contents so you can read through and see what subjects that we talk about there. Uh, As recently as last weekend, uh, I was excited to learn someone sent me a link that uh, Jan Markell, uh, who we uh, were on her program a couple of months ago, uh, or actually not even that long ago, about a month ago, uh, talking about the book. She did a fantastic interview. I'm so grateful for her ministry, Understanding the Times. You know, she's on over 900 radio stations nationwide and has different guests on each week. And uh, I'm so honored that she uh, had me on, and, and she asked some great questions. But she this past weekend held a conference with Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Finley, McKinley rather, both of whom I've worked with. Uh, and I didn't even know this was going on, but it was in Minneapolis. And uh, she held up Spirit of the Antichrist to the audience. And this was also live streamed and said, hey, this is our best selling book right now. You need to get this book. So, um, like I said, Curtis, I don't know why I don't understand it because uh, it's the 10th book I've written and, and we've never You know, seen this type of reaction uh, before, but God is using this and it gives the gospel very clearly in an epilogue at the book of the book, but it exposes, you know, what Satan is doing. But in volume two, I'm going to have another chapter on false signs, which is another counterfeit the signs and wonders, the phenomena. I call it the phenomenalistic trend. Mm -hmm. And so listen to what. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 about this other uh, counterfeit false signs. He says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. That's a major premise of my uh, book, that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. But he goes on to say, Only he who now restrains him uh, will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's the church. And then the lawlessness, the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, talking about the second coming there. But notice what he says, the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. That's right. Power, signs and lying wonders. So we are seeing a proliferation an uptick in the amount of phenomenalistic things that are happening. By that, we mean things that defy the normal realm of what you can see and and, and, and feel and hear and so forth. So we see all of this uh, attention being given to UFOs. We see um, unexplained disappearances, which I talk about. Um, we've seen uh, just weird signs in the skies. We've seen, uh, you know, strange creatures. We've seen things that you know, there, there, I mean, Satan's always been at work, and there have always been weird things going on throughout time, but we just seem to, there seems to be a an increase in these things as we get closer and closer to the end game. Uh, again, we can't set a date. I'm not suggesting, you know, the rapture is going to happen today. I hope it does. It could, but uh, we're not setting a date. We're just saying Jesus told us to look for the signs of the times, and these, you know, false signs are, I think, preparing the lost and dying world to to take the bait after the rapture when the Antichrist is unveiled and he tries to validate his power and his significance with all kinds of miracles. The same way, you know, uh, Pharaoh mimicked all of God's miracles during the Exodus. You know, Satan can do that. And uh, he's going to even try to mimic Uh, the death and resurrection of Christ at the midpoint of the tribulation with the antichrist. So false signs uh, are something we need to be aware of. And I know we're about out of time for today's program, but I wanted to, you know, let me just add that, you know, when these things happen for Bible believing Christians, sometimes the knee jerk reaction is just to dismiss them out of hand. Uh, For example, UFOs, Ah, nobody, they're not real. Well let me tell you something. These phenomena are real. Yes. But the question is, what are they? So we don't want to fall into the trap of just putting our head in the sand and denying that these things are happening. What what we want to do is run them through the grid of scripture and say, you know, what could they be? So these are not, you know, little green Martians or aliens from another planet, but something very real and very tangible is going on. And I believe, and we're going to talk about this at length in volume two. that it's, it's uh, dimensional, it's about the spirit realm, and it's demonic. Uh, so false signs are another one. We talked about false wisdom, false doctrine. Scripture speaks of a number of other uh, counterfeits. Um, you know, we could talk about false prayer, false commandments, false yeah, religion. True. You mm-hmm. know, uh, James alludes to the fact that, you know, true religion is this, which means there's false religion uh, James 1 And certainly we see that all around us with new age, as you talked about uh, Islam, Buddhism, all of these other false religions that try to suggest uh, God is not the only God. Uh, right. And yet God has himself proclaimed, I am the Lord. There is none like me. There is no other. I am holy. I'm one of a kind. I'm set apart. Uh, so false religions, you know, we're dealing with out there. Uh, false uh, commandments. You know, this gets into legalism, but a lot of churches today, uh, in perhaps an overreaction to worldliness and carnality in the world today, are drawing lines that the Bible doesn't draw. That's correct. In the book of Titus, uh, uh, Paul says, Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth.
0: That's
1: right. So a lot of cults like to make commands that their you know deceived followers are pressured into following. And mm-hmm. you know, don't do this, do this, you must do this, you must never do that. And these are counterfeit commands. Yes. Um, the Bible gives us some pretty clear moral commands but we also have a lot of liberty and a lot of freedom. And so, um, you know, uh, we just, we see so many uh, examples of counterfeits in scripture, and I believe it's going to get worse and worse, Curtis. And I think it's important for believers, uh, you know, to know the truth. You know, you may know this, uh, but, you know, how do they train the secret service agents, which the secret service is the department in America that is charged with handling counterfeit uh, bills, counterfeit money, Uh, But how do they train them to identify the counterfeits?
0: Well, you can't identify a counterfeit unless you're an expert in identifying the real deal.
1: Absolutely. See, there's no end to the number of counterfeits. It's an infinite process. But there's only one authentic real deal. And the more you get to know the truth, Mm -hmm. the easier it is to spot a lie. That's right. And so they train these agents to just become so familiar with these bills that mm-hmm. the slightest d- difference they can recognize. They well, can the same feel, thing is true. They
0: can, they can feel the difference in the texture of the bill even without looking at it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's because yeah. they know the real one. Well, yeah. the same thing is true spiritually. If we want to, uh, you know, avoid being deceived, we've got to get to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? By getting in the Word of God um, right. and studying the Word of God. Uh, There's no substitute know. for that. None. It is God's self-revelation to mankind. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness in His Word. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Uh, And so the reason people in the church today are so easily susceptible to counterfeits is they just don't know the Word. Um, So I would just challenge our listeners to to get back into the Word. Uh, You know, we have a a really neat devotional book that I put out a couple of years ago called Weekly Words of Life, 52 Devotionals to Warm Your Heart and Strengthen Your Faith. And, it, and one of the reasons we published that is to try to make it a simple way for people to, to, to get back into the Word by having a regular devotion uh, every day. The idea is you read this one devotion, they're typically a couple of pages long, easily read in a couple of minutes, uh, and you read that same one each day for a week. So that week, you're focusing on a particular passage of scripture and my commentary on it, my little anecdotes about it. And then the next week, you pick a different one. And so there's 52 of them over the course of the year. You've really kind of learned some key, encouraging principles. Uh, so uh, whatever devotional technique you use, get in the Word. And then uh, for those who are listening that don't know the Lord, maybe providentially you stumbled upon this podcast. Maybe someone sent you a link. Uh, priority number one is to make sure you've trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So who are you trusting today to give you the gift of eternal life? Put your trust in Jesus Christ. He paid your penalty on the cross. He died for your sins, and he rose from the dead. So thanks, Curtis, for letting me uh, talk about some of these counterfeits. Hopefully that's been uh, encouraging and enlightening for some of our listeners today.
0: Well, thank you for lending us your your expertise jb uh if i were to add anything to it which uh, uh, i guess the only thing i would add as a reminder to our listeners is that uh, uh because there's sin and counterfeit say, satanic counterfeit in the world that's that's the very reason that god sent his son uh to defeat sin and in first john three chapter three verse eight it says he that committeth sin is of the devil for the devil sinneth from the beginning garden of eden mm-hmm. and before in heaven um, and it says for this purpose the son of god was manifested so that he might destroy the works of the devil so yeah. this is the very reason that jesus christ was sent into the world by god the father and uh, and uh, we we need to be aware that that's an extreme measure for God to give up his son. Don't, yeah. don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and he, Hebrews chapter one reminds us that Jesus Christ is the greatest manifestation of the glory of God, the express absolutely. image of his glory. So, absolutely. yeah, it's like all along, God has had proclamations of truth, demonstrations of truth, uh, you know, but at Calvary and with the incarnation leading up to Calvary, God said, okay, here it is. I'm showing you all that I can possibly show you about the truth.
0: That's right. That's right. Did did the only thing that would destroy the works of the devil, and that's to manifest His Son, and uh, and pay the price, have Him pay the price for our sin. So, uh, JB, thank you again for lending us your expertise on this subject, and we do look forward to uh, volume two of your book coming out: the Spirit of the Antichrist. The, the Gathering Cloud of Deception. Um, so we look for that in the October, November time frame. I, for one, am looking, definitely looking forward to it. Absolutely. loved volume one, and I know I'm going to enjoy volume two. So we're looking forward to that, and our, our listeners are too, I'm certain. So uh, just a reminder uh, that you can also catch JB Services from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. On Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights through notbyworks.org. And uh, you can catch his Sunday morning services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And his Wednesday evening services at, I'm probably going to get the time wrong, even though I, I say it once a week, 6. 6 p. o'clock. 6 p.m. Wednesday uh, evening Mountain Time. So be sure and tune in. Also tune in and uh, get ready for Pastor Dick this Saturday morning and Lucas Doremus on Saturday evening. uh, We we thank you for tuning in. We hope you were blessed by what you hear. So until uh, Saturday morning,
1: this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless and keep you.